The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. G'day everyone and welcome back to the last podcast for this semester. Um, This um, semester we've been looking uh, at Genesis um, and so today we actually come to the last one on Genesis chapter 12. I hope you enjoy this last uh, little Bible bit from Genesis and also just keep an ear out at the very end of the podcast because I just give a little brief um, introduction to the topic that I'll be looking at in our next chapel, um, which is actually going to be Revelation. Um, anyhow, uh, until then, uh, enjoy Genesis chapter 12. All right, well, here we are, Monday morning, and maybe this morning as your alarm went off and it made that dreadful noise, or maybe you wake up to music, or maybe somebody came into your room and shook you gently awake and whispered in on your ears, wake up, sweetheart, it's time for Monday. You groaned and you went, ugh. Here we go again. Do you feel like that sometimes? Here we go again. Sometimes? Yes? No? Yes? And some head nods. Uh, There's lots of here we go again times um, where we just feel like here's this thing that we knew what it was like and it's starting up again in the same sort of thing that we have heard before or in the same sort of way that we have witnessed before or been a part of it. Here we go again. Things are restarting. Well, we're about to think about this idea of Here we go again as we think about Genesis chapter 12. And so um, as we start about that, I want you to think, do you remember how the Bible began in Genesis chapter 1? Can you say Genesis chapter 1 with me? Do you remember this is how we started the term? Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was void and formless and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Right. So in the beginning, what was there? There was nothing in all of creation except for who? Except for God. And then the rest of the story continues on as God does something. What does God do? He creates. But how does he create? He speaks. He breathes out these words and he breathes out creation. And things pop into existence. Where there is nothing, all of a sudden, life begins. Where there was void and darkness and emptiness, life starts and life pops into beginning. And so actually, as we look at chapter 12 today, we're going to see this same sort of moment, this same sort of creative moment where there was once nothing or where nothing is expected to be, we're going to see how things actually miraculously start and we see creation and life start to grow. Let's see if you can pick up on it from Genesis chapter 12. Just these four verses is all we're going to read today. Uh, This is what the Bible says in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 4. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, at the moment, we're introduced to this character. His name is Abram. But later on, we discover that Abram gets another name. What's his name? Abraham. Yeah, there's some mumbles in the room. Abraham. This is this character, Abraham. Um, how many of you have heard a little bit about Abraham before? How many of you have sung a silly song about Father Abraham? There's lots of kids, that song there. Yeah, this is that character, right? Lots of kids has Father Abraham. Uh, and before he becomes Abraham, his name is Abram. And Abram is married to an old lady because he himself is an old man and they've been married for a long time. And her name is, does anyone know? Sarai. And Sarai, her name gets changed to? To Sarah. Very good. Thank you. But this is good things to know. And this is a really important moment in the biblical text because here we have this moment where God actually creates in this moment of dark, void emptiness where no life is. But it's a different kind of creation. Here we've got this moment where everything goes again like it has before, but it's different. See, in in the past, in Genesis chapter 1, we saw how creation was void and empty. There was no life in creation. But here in this story, in Genesis chapter 12, what we discover, actually a few verses before what we read, is that Abraham is married to this old lady called Sarai, and Sarai is barren. Do you guys know what barren means? It means that she can't have children. See, in her, there is no life growing. There is no life that's expected to come from her. There is no child that's due to come anytime soon at all. But what's fascinating is, I wonder if you notice here in, in, these, in this reading, that God says to Abram, go and I will create in you a great big nation. Do you see that in verse 2? He said, I want you to go to the land that I will show you and I will make you. I will create in you and through you a great big nation. I will make your name great. God's going to do some big creating here. By his word, see here it says at the very beginning, and the Lord said to Abram, God speaks again and he is about to do some big life creation. In fact, in verse 3 it says, there's no longer going to be a curse on Abram and his people. In fact, through him and his people, all people are going to be blessed. You see, God is speaking here and he is bringing life into humanity. He's not creating humanity afresh, but he is creating a very own people for himself. His very own nation. And this is a big deal. Think about everything that's happened so far in Genesis. We've seen how God has done all this good stuff in creating and making humanity, but we've also seen how people fall away from God's intention and God's plan and God's rule. And so sin is reigning. And yet, nevertheless, here is God speaking into the deadness of the world because of sin and saying, I will make life. I will bring a great nation. I will bring blessing to all all people everywhere through you, Abram, he says. And so incredibly, Abram sets out. It's a little bit of an incredible thing for him to go from his country and to leave everything and to go to the land that God will show him. 
By faith, he walks out and he goes and follows God's mighty word. So here we go again, but it's a little bit different. But nevertheless, we see here that this is a story of God who is the creator, but he's the creator of life, right? He's the creator of hope because through him, all people will be blessed. And so with that in mind, let's fast forward now. Let's fast forward through the Bible, right? So we're in Genesis chapter 12 and we fast forward through into the Gospels into Matthew chapter 7 and we've got this moment. It's a lot of words up on the screen, right? For Matthew chapter 1, but this is a family tree. Has anyone set out to make a family tree or do you guys have a family tree in your house? Does anyone have one? My grandmother did it once and she she did all this research and called aunts and uncles and great-grandparents and so on, those whoever was alive, to find out who were the people that were in the Schroeder family tree. So we could sort of trace back and say, wow, look at this, these are all our ancestors who have gone before us and this is where we are in this family tree. It's pretty interesting to see. Well, here in Matthew chapter 1, look at what we discover about this family tree. This is a genealogy or the family tree, it says in yellow, of who? Of Jesus. It says this is the family tree of Jesus, the Messiah, that is the promised king, who is the son of David, who is the son of? Of Abraham. Abraham, who was previously called who? Abram. And so as we fast forward to it, it says Abraham was the father of Isaac and Jacob, and it goes all the way through all those texts of all these different guys who have gone before. And then in verse 17, it says, Thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to King David. There were 14 from King David to the point of exile to Babylon. And then there was another 14 from the exile to the Messiah. And who do we know the Messiah to be? Jesus. Jesus is the promised king. Jesus is the promised saviour. Jesus is the one who has come to bring life. And this is what God has promised in Genesis chapter 12. God said to Abram, go to the land that I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I'm going to flip the curse of sin. Death is going to be done with. Life is going to come. And we see Jesus and then we hear him say these words in John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life. Here is Jesus, the fulfillment of this promise that God has made to Abram all of these years ago. God is the God of creation. God is the God who creates life. Just like Genesis chapter 1, here we go again. God breathes out these words of life for all people, so all people will be blessed because he is a God who has saved them, who makes them to be his. As we think this a little bit more, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 and hopefully these verses might be familiar to you. Um, Year 12, you guys have been looking at Ephesians in biblical studies this term and hopefully you've thought a little bit about this and you've read these words where it says in chapter 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. This is a big foundational truth of the Bible. The Bible teaches that everyone is marred because of sin. That sin affects every single person to the point where we are dead in our transgressions and our sins. We are dead to God because of our sin. That's a tragic way to be. But nevertheless, the story continues and in verse 4, we read that it says, but because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, what has he done in verse 5? He has made us 
alive with Christ, even when we were dead. You see, in Genesis chapter 12, God breathes out these words of life and he says, I will create life. Like I have before, I will create life for my very own people. And here we see that through Jesus, he has done it and he has made it possible for everyone here in this room, everyone here in this school, everyone here in the world. And so what do we do as a result? Well, if we are those who remember that we were once dead, but we are now being made alive with Christ when Jesus came and he died and he rose again, we've got to remember that we have been made by God to live for him. We are God's handiwork, it says there in verse 10. God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. My grandfather, he's a tinkerer. I don't know if your grandfather's like that. He tinkers in the garage. My grandfather tinkers in the garage to make little funny things that are are specific for particular jobs. Anything from a simple door wedge to a fancy wishing well that he's made out of leftover fence palings to go in the garden to make his garden look good. And you look at those things and you go, look at my grandfather's handiwork. This is made for a particular purpose, for a reason. Here in the text, we see that we were once dead, but we have now been raised to new life because of Jesus. And now today we are God's handiwork. But we're created to do good works for him, which he has prepared for us in advance to do. So you 12, in all of this, I want to land here on the screen where it says, we have hope today because God has created a way for us to be his. How incredible that all those years ago, God spoke to Abram and he made a great big promise to him that through him, all people will be blessed, that all people would be recreated, all people will be made alive through Jesus. And so today you have hope because God has created a way for you. God has created life for you. You are no longer dead, but you are alive because of Jesus. And so in a world full of trouble, of stress, of anxiety, of hopelessness, of uncertainty, let's put our hope in what God has done. Let's put our hope in what God has done when he sent Jesus for us. As you head out in your day today, I hope that you're encouraged to remember that you are God's handiwork, that God has made you alive today. And so I hope that flows through into the work that you do as you study for your HSC, as you live with one another, and hopefully as you show respect and love and care and compassion to each other. But I hope that it flows through in your life as you think, what do I live for today? Hopefully you live for God, the Creator, who has created you to be His through the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if you bow with me now as we finish this time in a word of prayer. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we've been able to think a little bit more about you and your saving work in us. Um, Thank you that because of you and your work that we're no longer dead in our sins, but we're alive. Um, How extraordinary it is that you made such a promise so many years ago. Uh, Help us to hear about that promise, but help us to celebrate it as we believe it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, we've thought about Genesis over this last semester, um, but next semester, we're going to move to the other end of the book. So, Genesis is all this book of where is hope found, and hope is found in God, the Creator, who made everything. 
But then we're going to fast forward through all the way through to Revelation. And we're going to look at Revelation in this next semester and remember that, well, there is hope still to come. We live in this moment where we have hope today, but we've got hope to come when a brand new creation is coming where we get to live with God forever in heaven. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Revelation. Now, of course, um, you guys in year 12, uh, you'll hear sort of half of that. Uh, but nevertheless, I still want you to still think about maybe having a look at Revelation for yourself. Um, it's a fun book. It's full of lots of fun imagery. It's a bit wild at times as well. But at the end of the day, the hope that we have in Revelation is that we see Jesus who has won already when he died on the cross and he rose again um, so that we can have hope in a new life with God. And so that's where we're headed next semester. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK Schroeder, or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that, and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.